Hey friends, welcome to the Axiom Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us and check out our episode. Um, this is a space where we post our, our Sunday sermons and occasionally we have discussions and conversations regarding life in this community and following Jesus. So thank you for listening and please engage us on our website axiomchurchaz.com or on any of our social medias. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. Hey guys, Gavin here. Uh, and today we're going to do a little reflection uh, and uh, hang. It's me and Micah. Um, but I wanted to actually just interview Micah. I just hit him up. I was like, hey, can for this one, can I just interview you? And I didn't really give him any warning of what was coming and so be generous to him um but yeah he's here with me (laughs) i hope you're ready for this um one thing i do want to do is i actually want to start with prayer and even if you're listening guys you can join in on this um so we're gonna pray and then we're gonna we're gonna talk and um, i'm gonna ask micah some big questions so lord you get to guide all of our conversations uh you get to be with us whether we're in our cars or we're at home or we're getting work done right now and um yeah so we just invite you to speak and uh to reveal your voice Uh, we love hearing from you uh we love it when you establish our steps and uh bring clarity and and so uh we we invite that even into this space as we dialogue together and share this with our friends and those that are listening at home amen dude so I just wanted to like take a minute to like unpack Micah a little bit because I think sometimes knowing that our audience is largely Axiom, um, we get to experience you in your musical talent. We get to experience you, you know, singing and leading us in that way. Um, But I thought it'd be cool to just like get behind the thoughts of Micah, like what's in Micah's mind? Because we hear the singing, but we don't always hear the talking. And, And so I wanted to just ask a few random questions uh to help sort of roll things back so um one uh i'm curious and i think others are curious like what is your process like when it comes to like worship and the relationship between how you create establish worship plans and what's happening in the church body does that make sense so like how are you thinking about worship when you're establishing your plans yeah, I think I understand. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's been an ongoing, ever-changing process since I've been um, leading and um, curating worship experiences for, I don't know, I guess like over 15 years now. But um, yeah, I, I, I've learned really um, to really collaborate the process of of putting a you know I like to call it a liturgy because that just feels like what it is um, but just I collaborate that process with my own heart um, like kind of just raw conversations I'm having in the community um, my day-to-day time with Jesus and and then also just really like thematically like the church calendar has really been um, just a, a really important um, role 
for me and my my annual journey with Jesus and our church's annual yeah. journey with Jesus. And so I really, I feel really safe and um, it's it's kind of given me both freedom but also structure to really just kind of submit um, to the church liturgical calendar. Yeah. So, you know, that includes, you know, we're about to start Advent and then out of Advent, um, we go into, you know, Christmas tide, um, which, you know, some churches acknowledge and some don't. And then we'll quick, pretty quickly be in Lent, you know, Ash Wednesday, which, and then Lent all the way to Easter. Then we have Pentecost, you know, a little bit after that. And then we're into ordinary time. And yeah, I mean, I don't feel like that's just like a cool thing to do. I really do feel like so you're not just going with like pure feelings and like no it's like a to me it's a marriage of of tradition and tying ourselves to the bigger church yes the historical church and the global church and while at the same time then infusing the spirit and what the spirit is doing in our current moment as axiom yeah my current moment as micah and what just, you know, I'll, just like anyone, you know, I get text messages from people throughout Total the week request, yeah. that are like, hey, this worship song was really powerful for me. Yeah. And, you know, they, it really meant something to them. And I have those same experiences with certain songs and certain music. And um, so I just, yeah, I kind of take all that into account when I start to put together uh, a worship I love that. I, I'm, I'm so glad I asked you this question because I actually think your answer is fascinating. I hope you guys listening are hearing this. So, like, I'm just going to repeat back what I heard in a summary form. There's, like, three things that you're doing to help you uh, formalize the worship experience here at Axiom. And one of the things I heard you said was that you're kind of turning your ear and heart to the church body, that you're, you're, you're truly listening, you're paying attention to where we are, you're, you're noticing, appreciating what's going on in the body and kind of engaging God's spirit in that. So that's one thing. The second thing I heard you say was that you're, you're rooting yourself in the church calendar, church tradition, you're, you want to anchor us in this bigger story. And then the third thing was just what you're going through in your own walk with Jesus. And like, guys, like, like that, that is a dynamic uh, I don't even know what you call that uh, uh, paradigm. That's a dynamic paradigm for thinking through how you make decisions for worship. And I, I just, I, I love that. And um, I, that feels very helpful and healthy. You started by saying, um, and I'm going to butcher this now a little bit, but like you feel really safe making decisions in this space. And then you went on to name those things. And it's like, those are like guide guidelines for helping you um, make those decisions, which is awesome because you're not just taking requests from people. And, like, yeah. you know, I mean, you do. Like, you listen to people's requests, I assume. Yeah, I discern, you know, <laughs> requests, and I get I get them, and I try my best to... You got one on Tuesday for yeah. me, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. And, yeah, it's like, I get, I, I get why people want to... Uh, yeah, they have, there are certain songs people really resonate with, and and I always love to, I love getting requests, and I love listening to songs, and yeah, I'm very, pretty, you know, every once in a while, those do end up 
yeah. know, making the list. So, so I'm, I'm same focus with the worship thing here for a minute, and then we'll talk about some other things too. But um, we do a call to worship at Axiom, and um, I'm curious, and maybe that doesn't even connect to what I'm about to say, but I think it does. How do we help people prepare themselves for worship on in their corporate sense, right? And then how do we help prepare people and, and maybe even instruct people to learn worship as a discipline in their regular independent life? Does that make sense? Yeah, so how do we, I heard two questions. How do we um, help people corporately yeah, like, turn towards worship? You must be thinking about that. Like mm-hmm. people don't just show up and they're like ready to go. Some, some are. But like, is there things that people can be doing to to enter into that space, or like, to be prepared for it, or is the preparation need to happen all in that? Yeah, no. Um, Maybe what's best case scenario? There's certain, I think there's certain tools that we have as believers that are, serve as call to worship um, experiences. Uh, scripture being a big one. And I just, I think creating, I think there's a few things that we could all do to, I think, just have deeper, um, a deeper relationship to worship. And part of it would be just considering your process, your journey towards, you know, like if you could imagine um, the space where we're all together singing and worshiping God as you know, it's described in Scripture as the throne room. And if you could even just imagine, like, you're on a journey to that space, mm. you know, even whether on a Sunday or th- throughout your day, um, and that that space is accessible to us <laughs> wherever we are. Yeah. But there is something special about the coming together of, of the church, there's nothing like it. Yeah. And so to come uh, with an anticipation and an expectation to meet with God in that space is one thing. The next thing would be just to prepare your hearts by already worshiping, already being in prayer, already encouraging others. And then when we get when we do come together, um, there is like a moment. That's why we do a, a moment that's called a call to worship, whether it's reading a scripture. It's often that. It's often a prayer. And in the worship team does this too. Like we, we do, we take a moment almost every week. We try to before each service where we just like take a moment and just pause and just recenter our hearts. And that's what the call to worship is corporately is like we just try to take this corporate moment and say, here we are, God, and just turn our hearts towards towards God um, to then experience, you know, worship together. Yeah. And then I think in the day to day, it's kind of similar. You know, it's just we have all these disciplines and all these practices and, of course, just scripture itself to to kind of just um prime our hearts for, for um, having post- a posture of worship. Yeah, I'm hearing that there's an intentionality involved that we can't just come in and go through the motions, but we have to choose to, uh, you know, whether it's scripture or prayer or 
you know, uh, priming our hearts, or you even talked about contemplation and imagining. Uh, there's a, there's some move that we have to make. Each of us have to choose to make to 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 enter to begin to enter in. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, I grew up in a really charismatic church culture, which had its really beautiful things, um, but also, you know, there's a, a kind of a stigma right now. I think a lot of people struggle with the worship space and with expressing themselves in worship and, you know, whether it's they're afraid of how they look or they just don't feel comfortable or they're just, they're triggered by, you know, something, um, which I totally get. But I'm trying to move us away from that and, like, it's like forget about whatever you think you're supposed to do in this space, like what does freedom look like for you yeah. in the presence of God? And I, I don't care what that is. Like, I hope it's singing. I hope it's weeping. It's clapping. It's, it's like we should let the response, like we're, we're in such a, we're experiencing something hopefully so beautiful and powerful yeah. that our hearts can't contain it. And we do express ourselves yeah. in these various ways. And that's what I just really want to see more of. And, and not in like a, hey, we, this is our, our metric or gauge of if we're like actually worshiping or not. It's, it's not that. It's, it's, it's no, like what's overflowing from our hearts in this space? That's good. You said something at the beginning there that triggered a thought for me. You know, the people that are wor- that are coming in worried about this or that, or, you know, I can't remember exactly how you said it there, but isn't there embedded in worship itself is the power to move us from the self to the whole, right? So it's like, if we can come in and like, it's not just me, whether or not I am connected with Jesus right now, it's that we, we are worshiping God. This is an experience. This is one experience with, uh, it's like, where else do we get that, you know, communal, oneness yeah. you know and I there's something really humbling about that yeah. and it it deals with my insecurities as well because it forced it takes me out of the worried about people think of me you know and puts me into the i just want to be i want to i don't know fade away into the oneness of the group of the community i don't know yeah no i again i just i think i forgot what I was going to say, but yeah, I just, uh, I hope that we can, I think authentic worship um, is some form of just freedom, and the orientation of it is completely towards, towards Jesus, and the overflow and the result of that ends up being um, this communal experience that I don't really think you can replicate anywhere else. I mean, the only other space that I, I think this does exist is just in any other spaces where, where, uh, where there's live music happening and people are yeah coming together and sharing that, you know, I think there's energy in that space yeah. as well. Yeah. And yeah, we're just, we're in that space on Sundays, but we're directing it, you know, yeah. towards Jesus. Yeah. Thank you. So guys that you're, you're just kind of getting to see behind 
you know, Mike is thinking on some stuff. We, we, here at Axiom, we mostly experience you in this role. That's why I'm asking the questions. But I know you, Mike, well enough. There's other roles that you, you live in really well, and I think our church is beginning to pick up on that, you know. And so one of them, and, and, and I, Micah, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not you, but I've known you long enough. It seems to me that really important to you is that you have a firm foot in culture as well and uh, in, the, in the creative arts world. Uh, and there's, there seems to be an intentionalness there it's, that is caught up in your worldview. It's caught up in how you think about Jesus. It's caught up just in who you are. Could you talk a little bit about, like, why that world matters to you so much? Like, you don't just hang out with a bunch of Christians on Sunday and then go, you know what I mean, like hide for the rest of the week. Like, yeah. I just, does this make sense? It's a terrible question, but yeah, I want I, you to unpack that for us a little bit. Like, why does Micah have such a, seem to have such a strong affection for, um, I don't know, the art, music scene, the arts? The, yeah, the art culture. People that aren't even Creative Jesus followers. And art culture is, is, I mean, I guess it's just, it's part of it, the answer is because it's just who I am and I can't separate myself from it. Yeah. And I would feel really inauthentic to to do that you know and yeah and if we were to have it's like i i get tired of of but when you become a christian you're supposed to get out of that out of the world micah oh yeah exactly so (laughs) that's the that's the thing that's wrong is that's um and i don't think churches try to do that but it's just like no like we've from the very beginning at axiom that's why you know i very early on we started hanging and dreaming about church because we just not because we were like oh we want to create some church that is going to attract artists it's like no we just are (laughs) artists ourselves musicians and our our community is those people is artists and um my friends and people that i really care about yeah um express themselves and experience the world through art and I think it's it's extremely important to to the kingdom and to Jesus because I just I know I know that I mean Jesus was the most creative yeah. Jesus was the greatest artist <laughs> that we that we'll have ever known because I mean his life was his art and he saw the world in such a creative way which creativity is just seeing things that aren't obvious and seeing things the things underneath the things that are at play. And that's, I mean, everything Jesus did. And so I find so much, I mean, the deeper I become as an artist, I feel the deeper I'm able to relate to Jesus. And those things just feel so hand in hand. And it's not that you have to be an artist to relate to Jesus at all. But I just, I feel that that is a, an aspect to Jesus. So I just want to highlight, I, I, I hear you saying that like, as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, it doesn't rob you from those things. It actually accentuates and cultivates and nurtures those parts of you. Yeah. yeah and, and, and I think, you know, like, I want to say this as strongly as I can. I think a, a, a mark of a church community that looks like Jesus is a body of people that are increasingly in deeper relationship with non-believers and with people in culture. It's not increasingly the other way around. Yeah. 
Because when we look at Jesus, that's what we see. We see him um, not being protected from the world, but he's the world needs to be protected from him. And 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 so I love that about Axiom, and I, I think you really champion that spirit of Axiom pretty aggressively. Yeah, and I think that wherever there is goodness, truth, and beauty, there is Jesus. And yeah. I see, because of that, I can, even my friends who don't follow Jesus or people I admire, I can admire, and their art or their, what they're creating if it has goodness and beauty and truth in it, I can celebrate what Ooh. they're creating, and yeah. I can actually point to Jesus in those spaces. Um, and so, I just more and more like I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. I, I don't care necessarily about that. Oh, we get them to come to Axiom, but I just think that Axiom's posture towards those spaces alone. Um, there's something attractive about that to yeah you know the artists that are here and and I just think it's a beautiful thing so yeah no you're using words uh, you use the word attractive and the word beautiful and that was triggering for me in a good way because um, again I think back to the relationship with the world it's like I think churches that are I'll, I'll say growing that's ugh, I don't like talking about it that way but the the churches that ought to be growing are attractive because they're displaying God, the beauty of God, you know? And, like, there's something to be said about the arts and music that's putting that on display um, versus the posture of the church tends to be, it's like an eraser. So if you take a pencil, they use the eraser end, and they point it at culture, and they want to fix this, erase that. But we, we flip that pencil around. It's like an editor. Yeah, it's the an editor. wants to edit culture and and copy what they like about it but make it like their own version yeah rather than creating but, just something completely original right instead we're saying no because the, the world is doing the same thing we're doing they're creating because innate in them is the creative too it's just that we're, that we're creating in partnership with jesus and, and and as we do that i think people do look at that and go there's something here and um, and that's incredibly inviting. It's like it's, this reminds me of uh, Zahn's book, "Beauty Will Save the World," and and that's kind of I think that's kind of the argument he makes yeah. in that book. Uh, it's been a long time since I read it, but yeah, if uh, we were less worried about yeah. um, again editing or speaking out against the culture that doesn't agree with you know with us or with our you know what we think the gospel is, it's like, instead of worrying about that, well, let's just create more beautiful things. <laughs> okay, so let's go further on that, because I think you're hitting something really instructive now. Um, so we see the world, and we'll go, oh, something's not right there, and our temptation is to edit or point at it or call it wrong. But what I hear you saying is that, what if instead we modeled or created the alternative world yeah. so that so that we actually were demonstrating, not just telling, yeah. right? Like, like we can create the world that we can begin to live into the world that Jesus wants us to become now amidst the world. Like, we don't have to fix the world. Yeah, when, when Jesus pointed out the truth and pointed out reality and the beauty of things, that 
was condemning itself. Like it wasn't. You don't need. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get into the semantics of of that. But like, I don't. I just again, my attraction to the arts and is because of just that's how when I, how I grew up relating to God was through those spaces. Yeah. And now I feel like I guess called. Like I guess my calling feels so much like just existing in that space as an artist, but, you know, trying to um, point, point to Jesus in those spaces wherever I can and, you know, it's wherever I fail at doing it, um, yeah. still trying, you know? And yeah. Yeah, that's good. So do you think that the church has any, like, and speak freely on this, like, I, I don't know the answer I'm asking. Like, right now I feel like there's a lot of the culture wars uh, going on, and there's a lot of concern about it. Whether you're in culture or in the church or in church and in the culture, it's a conversation we're all having or we're all engaged in peripheral to some degree. And I'm just curious how you, as a, like a, a citizen of the kingdom, as a student of Jesus, like how do, how do you posture yourself and the many wars that are happening. Does that make sense? I feel like we're all at war because we have to engage it. We have to talk about it. Um, I think what I'm learning more and more lately for myself is, I mean, A, is like to lead, to start with my own brokenness. It's like you can't go screaming at your neighbor when your youth, you know you're, more, you're as broken as they are. Yeah. And so I think we need to just, A, like, start with just our own brokenness and understanding that we need, we need grace and mercy, you know, as badly as the world yeah. does. Yeah. And, yeah, just, I mean, I think as often as we can just um, allow our hearts, you know, pray for our hearts to soften and open towards the things that, like, the things that breaks God's heart. I want my heart to break for those things, too. And um, and then just, yeah, I think just be willing. Be willing to, um, I'm, I'm trying to learn to just be willing to do the, you know, go to the people that God feels like, like God is calling me to go to and be a friend, have a relationship with, those that I feel called to have relationship with and um, be a a person of peace, be a person of stillness, because I think there's enough of the other stuff out there, and yeah. especially in these culture wars and in, in the world, you're going to see it. You're going to see it in the American evangelical church, all over, you know? It's like it's everywhere, um, the, the, the loud um, certain voices. Uh, and I just, again, I, you know, I, my posture that I'm learning, I feel invited to be, especially going into another election year is just like crying out to God, um, in my, out of my own brokenness and just hoping to, yeah, embody Jesus's heart for people. Yeah, good. So maybe one or two more questions, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. But uh, 
consolation, desolation uh, for you right now, Micah, when you think about what God has you doing in your life with the church and in relationship to the church? Are there things that feel like death to you and feel like, you know, that's less and less what I'm invited to do, you know? And then are there things that you feel more and more excited about and that there's life on? And if that's too personal a question, just say pass. <laughs> uh, let's see. Like, even if you can think of, like, here, here's I'll one thing that, desolation. like, yeah. <laughs> Try to think though. I mean, like, can you think of one thing that like you're kind of you feel like you've released in the last year or two that you're like grateful for, maybe even? Yeah, yeah. Most, I mean, because most of what I do, I like, I do it because I like doing it, and so. But you know, I think a lot of it is circumstantial, like just practical stuff with the work at Axiom, and yeah, you know, we only. It's not like we have a huge budget or team so yeah. it's like you know i do a lot <laughs> the, the grind stuff the, the, the weeds yeah like getting into the weeds with stuff and um like you're gonna have to upload this podcast yeah like i gotta edit this podcast <laughs> we're now doing and put it online and update the website and yeah all that's you know that stuff feels sometimes like desolation um but again it's like there's worse things uh I think more so it'd be, again, just, like, a posture that I'm feeling invited to, like, let go of, like, especially when it comes to Sundays, like, um, this year I definitely struggled in the Sunday space, um, just with, like, my own unhealthy expectations for that space, mm. really wanting to see more engagement really wanting to see more people come yeah and just just my being me being human just like yeah. being really kind of disappointed and in, in certain yeah certain things like that and or not feeling a lot of buy-in on something that we were that I was really excited about yeah, personally tr trying to motivate people yeah and so you know that's on me it's not on anyone else I think what Jesus is inviting me to do is, is yeah, just to, again, to just let go of that stuff, and even if it means letting something die, or let it, letting something go that I, that has been a really cool thing for a season in Axiom, maybe it's, doesn't need, you know, doesn't need yeah. to be, um, and so I'm just trying to have open hands um, with that, so that, that feels like a little bit of what, I guess what you're asking. Yeah, no, that's that's it, man. That makes sense, and appreciate you sharing it, guys, or Micah. And um, yeah, thank you for letting me just ask some questions. I just thought it'd be kind of fun to like peel back the layers a bit, ask you some questions without giving you any preparation. So I, I certainly enjoyed it. I don't know if you did, but I did, which tells me that I think those listening will too. Yeah. Oh, I let me say consolation real quick. Yeah. Uh, I'd say. For sure, the Axiom community space, like we revived those or relaunched those, and that's been a really wonderful space. I think I, I keep hearing reports, mm. even from other groups, of how great that space has been. Um, the I Help space has been really mm. beautiful opportunity and space. I feel like it, 
it gives me life every time I'm a part of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like I receive from um, the guests who come and stay and sleep in our sanctuary. Um, so that, that would be another one. Um, and then I think just, like, the seeing a lot of, like, a lot of the hangs and, and just the connection that's happening between people in the community, um, getting invited to something that we didn't feel like we had to, like, orchestrate. Yeah. Um, has been pretty life-giving, so. That's cool. It reminds me, I, I went to a community group this week, and my kids have been in sports three nights a week for the last three months, so it's been difficult for us to visit the community groups, but sports season's over, and so we dove back in, and uh, I got to go back and visit uh, James and Mandy's group with Lauren and Wyatt and Callie, and there's a whole group of people there. There's new people there that weren't even there when we were, we were there before, and getting to watch them lead and me not be the one everybody's looking to, you know, because I used to lead it. It was so refreshing and encouraging and just a proud moment to like, oh, man, this is really cool. Like, I love that this is happening. And, and to know that it's happening in multiple different homes, different nights of the week, you know, it's just really special. So I resonate with that. It's good. Okay, so Advent's happening. Um, you know, I don't, I, our church knows what it is by now for the most part, but some people maybe not like, like what's the biggest desire for Advent for you, maybe personally and then corporately? Yeah. Um, I'm always excited for Advent, but this year feels especially timely to just, um, intentionally enter a few weeks of, of stillness, even though I'm not. I'm busier than I've all have been all year, <laughs> practically speaking. But there's, I think you can still have a posture and a heart of stillness and of patience um, amidst your circumstances. And so mm. I think the invitation is: it doesn't. People think, oh well, I can't experience Advent because I'm really busy. But but no, it's like um, my prayer would be that you could, we could give you the tools at Axiom, including like Sunday experiences, resonant, the Sunday night, um, the tools to just experience hope, peace, joy, and love um, as you walk through your circumstances yeah. with an, a holy anticipation, you know, that Christ has come and yet Christ is still coming. Yeah. It's good. That's Advent for me. It's good. Yeah, guys, I hope you embrace Advent all the way. Um, and allow allow Jesus to surprise you. Don't, don't think you have it figured out. Um, I'm learning new things even this, this week as I'm turning my heart and mind towards it. I'm just picking up so many great nuggets uh, that I didn't see before, you know. And there's something very humbling about the, the, the emphasis of Christ re-entering the world and this reset, if you will, you know, and I just, I'm so eager for that. You know, I heard it said this way, the trauma of salvation, like, like there's something really like scary, but like also rewarding about starting over and being saved and let God save you, you know? And I need, I need that salvation myself, you know? 
So I don't know. I'm just excited for it personally, and I'm very hopeful for you guys as you step into it with us. So. Seen any Bigfoots lately? Man, not lately. I mean, we, me and uh, some guys climbed the fifth tallest mountain in Arizona on Monday, and I was really hoping to see one. <laughs> some but, tracks uh, at least. Yeah, saw. didn't see any evidence of, of that, but it was really cool. Yeah, that's great. Great. Thanks, Micah. Thanks for uh, doing this with me, man. I appreciate you. Guys, you. y'all, see ya. Let go to receive Forgive to be free Be wise like a child Serve